Hi, this is Coach Colette, host of the Start Within podcast, and welcome back to another episode of Financial Fridays. Well, today I thought I would focus on the I in BIPOC Mental Health Awareness Month, I standing for Indigenous or Native Peoples. Did you know that there are 573 federally recognized Native tribes in the United States? Or that Native and Indigenous people speak more than 200 Indigenous languages? The focus of this conversation, though, is to talk about the mental health concerns that face many Native and Indigenous tribes. Native and Indigenous people make up 1.3% of the U.S. population. And of those people, 19% reported having a mental illness in the past year. Native and Indigenous people in the U.S. report experiencing serious psychological distress two and a half times more than the general population within a month. One of the statistics that I found interesting in the Mental Health America website was that 19% of Native and Indigenous peoples reporting having mental illness is equivalent to about 827,000 people. They remarked that this number would be enough to fill every Major League Baseball stadium on the East Coast twice. And why this stuck out to me, because if you are aware that more than one dozen Native American leaders and organizations recently sent a letter to the NFL commissioner calling for the league to force the Washington Redskins owner, Dan Snyder, to change the team name. And it's not just the Washington Redskins. There are a number of teams both in the NFL and in Major League Baseball, including the Cleveland Indians, that are using names that are racially insensitive symbols. Native Americans have been working and fighting on these issues for decades. With the recent protests and the nationwide debate on racism, many Native leaders have seen this as an opportunity to renew the call for these teams to get rid of these racial slurs in the names of their organizations. When we look at the mental health issues facing Native and Indigenous people, the lack of awareness about issues and services that are available, as well as a lack of programs and providers that are sensitive and aware of Native and Indigenous cultures can prevent them from seeking out treatment. They are much more likely to seek help from a spiritual 
or a traditional healer than from other medical sources. And again, I've mentioned this before when it comes to BIPOC leaders and BIPOC culture, that having culturally responsive and culturally competent care is so crucial. It is this in addition to reducing and eliminating stigmas for seeking help that helps BIPOC people to feel more comfortable with seeking help or treatment for their mental health. This is true because the concept of mental illness and the beliefs about why and how it develops have many different meanings and interpretations among Native and Indigenous people. So they may not express emotional distress in ways that other cultures may consider to be, quote, standard or, quote, normal. This doesn't mean that the issue does not exist. It just means that they may perceive it differently, may experience it differently, and may be seeking different ways to treat or heal their issues. Many Native and Indigenous tribes embrace a worldview that really looks at notions of connectedness with both the past and with ancestors, the oneness with nature, respecting the wisdom of elders, and having strong traditions around family bonds as well as spirits which may be seen as protective factors when it comes to mental health and well-being. So this reinforces the fact that we as individuals and we as practitioners really need to become more aware of the differences in how we all perceive health, well-being, whether it's mental health or physical health. So those are my thoughts for now. Get ready and listen up to today's tip from Suki Singh. Hello, everyone. This is Suki Singh, a.k.a. Investing of the Investing Podcast with your weekly Financial Friday tip. When was the last time you looked at your insurance? Are you fully covered for your family medically and in terms of life insurance? Maybe it's about that time that you get your insurance looked at by a professional. With that said, that is your weekly Financial Friday tip, and I will speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Coach Colette, and I am continuing the conversation today with this unplugged segment. And I have found that sometimes the unplugged segments are an opportunity for me to, quote, tell on myself, if you will. So I want to share a recent personal experience regarding my favorite modality or one of my favorite modalities, EFT tapping. So I was watching a webinar that was geared towards fellow EFT practitioners. And one of the speakers was Victor Lee Lewis, who is the founder and director of the Radical Resilience Institute. 
in addition to being an EFT trainer and a professional life coach. When I say that I don't remember much about the webinar, except for this one point, maybe it will resonate with you. At one point, he was talking about EFT tapping and how it can be helpful for healing, particularly in our times when we are having heightened conversations about systemic oppression, racism, and discrimination. And so he was leading us through a tapping exercise and was beginning the conversation and leading us through by having us tap on the side of the hand point. And I now can only call it that, and this is why. In the conversation, he started talking about the fact that that point, so if you think of either your left or your right hand, the point that runs parallel down your hand below your pinky. In, I would say, I don't know if it's called traditional, but original EFT tapping training, including the training that I received, this was referred to as the KC point. And when I talk more about this, you'll understand why this was so mind-blowing for me. So if you may be aware, the KC point was referred to as the karate chop point. And he began to describe how when he was doing EFT tapping, that some Asian American people indicated that this term was offensive. And it was the minute that he said it that it was like light bulb went off, alarms went off in my brain. It was like mind blown. And I had this moment of thinking, oh my God, how could I not have realized that this term could be offensive? I had these thoughts of, oh my goodness, I hope that no one I ever had in a workshop or led a session with was offended by this term because EFT tapping, that's what we're using for healing. It's not supposed to be a modality that actually triggers stressful or traumatic experiences. Since then, I now and always will refer to this as the side of the hand point. I think as a black woman, it was also very uncomfortable to have this experience because I kept thinking, well, I would not want to utter a racist slur or utter a term that was offensive. So I share this with you to know that we all can stand to have greater awareness of experiences beyond our own. And it behooves me as a practitioner to be more culturally competent in my work And it behooves all of us as people, as humans, to be more culturally aware and culturally competent so that we can communicate with one another without inadvertently causing pain or stress or trauma. And so I did a little bit more research to find out that there really is no acupuncture or acupressure point on the side of the hand that is called KC. And KC is actually a term that was invented by Hollywood in the 1960s and 1970s. And if you think about it, in martial arts, 
the term for that area or for that move that you may have seen by people performing martial arts is actually called the knife hand. So I hope that this story resonates. I hope it helps you to consider and to think and to reflect and to ponder. What are some biases that you have? What are some terms or some words or some phrases that maybe you can eliminate from your vocabulary so that you can have more inclusive and more welcoming conversations with people in your world and in your network. So those are my thoughts for now. Hope you have an awesome, awesome weekend and we will be speaking again soon. Be well. So what is your takeaway from this week's Financial Friday segment? What might you do differently around your money and your mindset? For more financial advice, you can check out Suki's podcast, Invest Sing, where I also share tips on his Wellness Wednesdays segment. If you enjoyed this episode and haven't already subscribed, you can do so on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. You can also connect with me on Instagram at coach underscore Colette for more inspiration on personal growth and wellness. Tune in next Friday for another episode and get ready to start within to finish strong. Thank you.